0: Welcome to Badass Women in History, a podcast about intersectional feminism, current events, and badass women in history. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Karis, and we're happy that you're here. So, before we get started with our current events portion, there's just a few updates. Um, I've been meaning to address something literally since, like... (laughs) The day our last episode got put out, and it's just been bothering me so bad. And so I've been super excited to record this episode because I fucked up and I said something by mistake. Um, when I was talking about Sarah Silverman, uh, who was my badass woman last episode, I kind of went on this ta- tangent about how part of comedy and life in general is sometimes crossing the line and then realizing that you fucked up and apologize and. Work to learn from the experience But when I was talking about that I meant to say I hate people Who say they hate PC Culture and That people are too Sensitive In quotations like I hate people who say That people are too sensitive um, But I Actually said I Hate PC culture <laughs> um, I literally had it written Like on my word documents I hate people who say they hate PC (laughs) culture. And then I said, I hate PC culture. And I realized it, like, the second I listened um, the day after the podcast Not that we
1: subscribe and listen to our own podcast. What? No, I don't do that.
0: Um, But, so I just wanted to say, hey, to anyone who caught that, I'm sorry. I really just misspoke. I'm not actually that big of an asshole. But if anything like that happens again, where I do um my words get jumbled or I really just like don't know what's don't good. know what the hell I'm talking about. Um call us out. Yeah, please call me out <laughs> Kara's just dropped her ring. Um please call me out. Please tweet me if you see me in person, just be like, hey, I didn't really like what you said there and we can talk about it because part of this podcast is learning for all parties involved. Um, on a lighter note, we have stickers now, and they're so cute. They have our album logo on it. Is it called an album logo? Album cover? Weird um, uh, Yeah, <laughs> that um, our good graphic design pal, Manny Worcester made us. And so we got these stickers now. And so just um, find us in, in person us um, on campus at UMD. You'll find me dying. Um, and cares <laughs> in at the basement of the Richard Vaughn Museum. So if you want to venture out to, fucking like, Superior, Wisconsin...
1: Maybe just tweet us. <laughs> so we can figure it
0: out. Tweet us. We can figure something out for you because we'd love to share these stickers with you because they're so cute. Um, and, again, we're on iTunes and Google Play now, which is so awesome. So please like, review, and subscribe because that not only helps our visibility... But we actually really do want to know what you think about the podcast and what we've been doing.
1: Yay. And lastly, this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor. (laughs) Crazy. (gasps) Amazing. So, so Badass Women in History is excited to announce a new, really cool partnership with Andy Hansen, an esthetician local to Duluth, Minnesota. She currently provides vegan, non-toxic, cruelty-free, all-natural beauty services as an independent contractor out of a local salon, B-North. At B-North, Andy provides full body and facial waxing, eyelash and brow tinting, as well as eyelash extensions where she uses an adhesive that is latex and formaldehyde-free. B-North is located near the colleges at 1309 Kenwood Avenue. Andy takes clients by appointment only and can be reached at 218 four six one seven seven nine two. Again, two one eight four six one seven seven nine two. For more information on the services she offers, check out bnorth North B like the B E North dot org or follow her personal Instagram page, which is at Andy with two eyes no. Yeah. Andy in the sky with two Ys.
0: Two eyes and two Y's. two Ys. Oh, no, it is just it's one, Andy, yeah. one
1: At Andy <laughs> in, in the, the sky with two eyes. eyes. Amazing. We'll get that right one day. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> On top of her daily client load, Andy also has her own small business called Mindful Practice. With Mindful Practice, Andy researches new green product beauty products, helps other companies build their internet presence, and does collaborations and trades to reach her, own, her goal of bringing awareness to the beauty world. Through mindful practice, Andy partners and collaborates with another green beauty specialist and esthetician named Andrea. Andrea owns the Organic Escape Studio in Carlsbad, California. Together, these two women have come up with an online green beauty store and blog where they're constantly researching and trying new brands to have the best possible ingredient list on their cyber shelves. Shop their online store and read more about the best ways to practice green beauty at theorganicescape.com. We're really promote, stoked to promote all these amazing women-run small businesses because self-care is something that is really crucial for self-preservation, and so if your methods of self-care along the lines of beauty treatments and products, treat yourself. If you book a service with Andy at B North, mention this podcast, Badass Women in History, and you'll actually receive 10% off your first service with her. In addition, use the promo code MINDFUL um, for a free deluxe sample from theorganicescape.com. For more on these bin- businesses and badass women, please follow uh, their social media accounts at mindfulpractice underscore and organic escape skin studio. Great,
0: awesome. So we're going to play it out and then we'll get started with our uh, current events. Awesome. <laughs> current event today because Karis has a hometown badass moment to talk about at the end of the podcast so we're going to even it out um, so my current event which mm-hmm. I'm
1: super excited about
0: you don't know what it is <laughs> no yet. I don't oh I told you Be already. <laughs> <laughs> I was like what okay um, we gotta talk about Rihanna's new makeup
1: life Fenty beauty, beauty which I'm glad you told me because otherwise I would have talked about it. Yeah. That's
0: really funny. That's probably the only time our topics are ever going to overlap. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> um, if you're a new listener, me and Karis are very different. Are people. even the yeah, we're pretty tight butts, but we are very very different. So obviously we bond over makeup and this podcast and kombucha. <laughs> Those are, kombucha. are like our three main things. <laughs> Um, and one other thing that I actually talk about with my badass woman. So maybe that was a hint. Okay. For, uh, okay. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, this makeup line is taking the country by storm. It's international, too. There are a couple countries who like don't have it, like Brazil, which sucks. I see on Twitter. They're all very sad. <laughs> um But Fenty Beauty is awesome. And while I did go out and buy... Some
1: stuff. What did you get? you got the foundation. Else did and you get? the
0: Kilowatt highlight.
1: Check I want it. the Trophy wife highlight.
0: Oh, I got the Kilowatt highlight. Can you see it in yes. these fourth floor um, library study lounge
1: amazing. lights?
0: <laughs> um, they are amazing. I have the Pro Filter Foundation and Kilowatt highlight. Eleven out of ten. Beard dripping down my face Proof <laughs> Sweat proof So nice um, Very matte and lightweight Yeah you look very
1: matte
0: yeah. today. <laughs> Besides my highlight okay, Of course, of course. Um, But I want to dig a little deeper past Like just like how good quality The products are Which I could talk about for like another like half an hour Because yes. they're so awesome but the actual concept of Fenty Beauty is pretty um, cool. It's the whole concept of it is beauty for all, which was like Rihanna's motto for making this beauty line. She has stated in multiple interviews about how much um, work and thought she put into every single shade, from really light shades for people with albinism all the way to several darker shades. And as a very, uh, pale-ass pasty ginger with a lot of, pale um, pasty ginger <laughs> pasty- with a lot of, uh, like, red undertones, my skin is very red, I always had a hard time finding a shade that was pale enough for me and had the right contrasting undertones, i.e. green. <laughs> um, but I never realized how underrepresented... Darker skin shades were in the world of makeup too oh, a yeah. lot more than just my Pasty i Um, so much more. Um, makeup companies are notorious for not having enough dark shades. They'll have like one or two and it's like yeah, nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all there is. Um, luckily Rihanna knew what she was doing and she created so many different shades for um darker skin women, and she stocked enough supplies for two years, which is also a big deal because she didn't want her line to be inaccessible with the chance of people reselling it for profit. The the prices are also, like, pretty reasonable. I mean, $35 for a liquid foundation, like, in the...
1: Grand scheme
0: of... Uh, for, in terms of quality yeah. and quantity, because it's, like, a pretty big two... Is not that bad, because I probably go through, like, a $7 palette of, like, Covergirl, like, every other week anyway. <coughs> Excuse me, mate, I am dying. I'm <laughs> just getting over the plague at UMD, so bear with me in my gross voice. Um, so, she had enough stock for two years, and people were saying that, like, the even though Rihanna made a bunch of darker shades, like, people wouldn't buy them. Like, people wouldn't care. And the darker shades are selling out faster than the lighter shades, which is so cool. Which, again, so that she was so... that important. It was that important. She was stocked for two years. Like, um, all other sorts of makeup companies now are, like, scrambling to promote their darker shades. Like, if you go on, like... Um, Kylie Jenner's, like, makeup line, she's, like, trying to promote, like, her, like,
1: one dark
0: shade. She's like, hey, I have this one. (laughs) Competitive. Oh, my God. Um, Also, I think Estee Lauder was doing a similar thing, which is just annoying because it's like, oh, it took this amazing business model by, uh, run by a black woman, promoted by a black woman, Who knew what the fuck she was doing and took so much shit for, like, making all these extra foundations and shades and stuff to, like, succeed for the other big companies to be like, oh, actually, (laughs) black women want to buy makeup, too? I gotta promote that. That's so shitty that that's all happening now. But nobody's really buying it. Um, from like all those other companies everybody's like Brianna, I'm here for you. Yeah, even all of her advertisements have like so many different kinds of women like represented, and it's just so cool to see. Brianna says Fenty Beauty was created for everyone for um all shades, personalities, attitudes, cultures and race races. She said she wanted everyone to feel included. That's the real reason she made the line. I'm so here for this. I love Rihanna. Not to be dramatic, but I would probably die for Rihanna. And I also have thought about taking more student loans out to buy more makeup from the sling. So, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I will keep you updated. I might have to go to the mall after Yeah, this. go to Sephora. <laughs> worth it. All right. All yeah. right,
1: and we're ready to start with badass Woman?
0: Yeah, we're ready to start. Okay, to the namesake of the podcast. Do you want me
1: to go first?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I need to rest my voice. For okay. A well, let's see. Hopefully, we're not going to say what. <laughs>
0: if we do, then we can just have like a really good discussion.
1: Okay, so my badass woman this week is Frida Kahlo.
0: Okay, that's okay <laughs> Okay, I <thank you. laughs> was we so worried that we were going to have the same love this week
1: So I tagged because what happened <laughs> is I tagged you in something on Facebook I know, I should have known And you loved it, like yes. you love reacted it And I was like, oh I'm totally going to do it And then this morning I was like, shit Well like, dude,
0: I love Frida Kahlo so you better do a really good, good job.
1: job Okay, so Oh. I'm glad my laptop needs me. Um, So, I've loved Frida Kahlo ever since I was a freshman in high school. Um, my Spanish 2 and 3 uh, teacher, we called her Profe, um, she introduced her to us, and we studied her as part of our um, Spanish arts unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and her touring collection actually came to Atlanta um, at the High Museum of Art, and so we went as a class, uh, and we saw... To New York? Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta. I'm so sorry. Um. <laughs> so we uh, we went to Atlanta for the day. saw saw it. It was amazing. And I actually bought socks with her on them. I don't know if you've seen those. I still own those. I wear them very often. Amazing. I'll have to check. They them. have like they have one of her self portraits on them. So Frida was born July 6, oh seven, in Mexico City, Mexico. Uh, her father was called Wilhelm, and he was actually a German photographer who had immigrated to Mexico and married her mother. Um, I think it's Matilde.
0: Okay. Is there an E, e after? It's an e. Matilda. Matilda, okay. Yeah.
1: I was. I didn't know. And then she had three sisters. At age six, she contracted polio and was bedridden for nine months. She recovered, but she had a limp when she walked because the polio had damaged her right leg and foot. Uh, her father encouraged her to have an active life that inco- included sports like swimming, soccer, and wrestling to help her recovery. In 1922, Kahlo entered uh, the renowned national preparatory school one of the few as one of the few female attendants and she became known for her love of traditional and color colorful clothing and spirit that year mexican muralist diego rivera was working on a project painting a mural uh, called the creation in a lecture hall at the school and Frida would often go watch him at work on september 17th 1925 frida Kahlo was traveling on a bus when it collided with a streetcar Frida was impaled by a street handrail which went into her hip and came out the other side fracturing her spine and pelvis and she survived and was actually only at the hospital for a few weeks and she went home to continue to recuperate and that's when she started painting
0: but she like never
1: recovered she never like really recovered she
0: always dealt with the pain from that
1: so she reconnected with Diego Rivera in 1928 and he encouraged her artwork and they began dating, getting married the next year and they travel a lot because of Rivera's commissions for murals. And, of course, um, she could paint anywhere. Um, what I find most captivating about Frida's work is the way she illustrates her pain. In 1932, she painted, um, it's called Henry Ford Hospital, where she appears naked on a bed with a fetus, a snail, a flower, a pelvis, and a bunch of other things floating around her, uh, connected to her by red strings. Um, and they think that this, well, um, they pretty much know that this is connected to her. Um, one of her many um, miscarriages that she had She really, really wanted a kid But I'm assuming it was definitely connected to the whole pelvis-spine-breaking yeah. thing That she was never really able to In 1938, Frida had a major exhibition in New York City And she actually sold about half of her 25 paintings there Which is a huge deal And she received two commissions as a result In 1939, she went to Paris where she became friends with Pablo Picasso and while she was there, she actually divorced Diego Rivera that year and created one of her most famous works, The Two Fridas. In this one, she's pictured sitting next to herself, um, all in white, with a damaged heart, and then there's blood on her dress. And then the other Frida is in bold colors and with an intact heart, um, which a lot of people see as the loved and unloved Frida. Frida and Diego actually got remarried in 1940, but they led pretty separate lives after that. So they were married, but they didn't live together and were mostly traveling. there as In 1941, she was commissioned by the Mexican government to create five portraits of Mexican women, but she wasn't able to finish the project with the declining health. With her declining health, and she actually lost her father that year as well. In 1944, she created the Broken Column, which depicted a nude Frida Kahlo split down the middle, revealing her spine as a shattered decorative column. She has a surgical brace on, and her skin is studded with tacks or nails. Um, This was painted during a time of many surgeries and wearing corsets to try and fix her back. And you can just feel Frida's pain in this and what she was going through at the time. In 1950, she was diagnosed with gangrene in her right foot and she spent nine months in the hospital. Did I say that right?
0: Gangrene, yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) She spent nine months in the hospital and did several operations. In 1953, she had her first solo exhibition in Mexico. She was actually bedridden at the time, and doctors said she wouldn't be able to attend opening night, but badass Frida Kahlo had an ambulance take her to the exhibition and a four-poster bed set up in the gallery so she would she laid in the bed and talked to the attendees. So, fuck you, gangrene. She got to go to her exhibition. Uh, a few months later, Frida had her right leg amputated to stop the spread of gangrene. <laughs> She became depressed and hospitalized again in April 1954 due to poor health. She contracted bronchial pneumonia uh, and then passed away a week after her 47th birthday on July 13th in her childhood home. Frida Kahlo was a greatly appreciated artist in her lifetime, which isn't always the case with a lot of great artists, and her fame has only grown. Her work still travels, and actually just last week the V&A Museum in London just announced a 2018 exhibition of her work. Her art still speaks to so many people. Frida overcame so many illnesses and tragedy in her life, and continued to create beautiful, thrilling art until the end.
0: I love Frida Kahlo. I love her. Um, yeah, the theme of her like chronic pain and health issues is so prevalent in all of her artwork, and you can just like when you see it, you can just like feel feel it. Mm-hmm. it. And when your body isn't working right, it's hard for your, like, brain to work right, like, emotionally, so... Yeah. But, yeah, I I love looking at her hard work. And also, there's a movie out. Oh, yeah, there
1: was a movie that came out, and I think Julie Tainmore directed it. Yeah, um,
0: it had, uh... Who played Frida Kahlo? Oh, I, I want to say Sana Hayek,
1: or mm-hmm. Penelope Cruz. No, it wasn't Penelope Cruz.
0: Um read that movie. Um. Um. Yes, Emma Hayek. Nice. Oh, that one came out in 2002, yes. Yeah, I... She's so cool. I feel like there's been almost like a resurgence of people appreciating um... Frida callow lately. She's kind of been like a, a present-day feminist icon.
1: I know I read with, I think it was the 1970s feminist wave. hmm that, w- that really, really brought her work back, uh, back to life, which... I say back to life, but it really only been about 15 years since she passed away, so I don't know if it ever really went away, but...
0: Yeah, she... I mean, so many people... Um, wear like shirts with her face on them and with and all sorts of stuff Um but yeah she she's been a really big icon I have also read some things about how like she didn't like that because she was like half white basically because yeah. her dad was German she didn't like when people would say that she had Eurocentric features because she didn't like, oh, like yeah, white no, people. And so there's this really good article I have a pulled up now from Affinity ma- uh, Magazine which if you're not familiar it's kind of targeted at like teenagers um, but it's super super cool so follow it. Um, but it basically says like gringos Frida Kahlo would not want to be on your shirt. Ooh. And so she's just like She's so cool. I Kahlo rocks. She rocks myself. Yeah, she's so cool. I'm really happy that you chose her and also that I didn't choose her oh, this good. week. <laughs> okay. I okay. love her. She would probably have been on my list, so you did a really great job. Thank you. Thank you. And I got most of my
1: information from biography.com and also the Kahlo website. Nice. Nice.
0: That's great. I love her. Okay.
1: <laughs> so here's mine. I'm so interested uh, to
0: know. My badass woman for this episode is Carrie Brownstein.
1: <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been the one that overlapped. I yeah, think so.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so Karis and I really like Portlandia. That's like the third thing we bought. Oh, yeah. Over. Makeup, what is it? Or the makeup? Fourth, thing, fourth thing. Makeup, kombucha, this podcast. Fourth thing, Portlandia. Portlandia. <laughs> and that's like. There are four things that we <laughs> have in common, I what think. Um,
1: in our haircut.
0: <laughs> in our haircuts now. On our stickers, our stickers have, like, our very distinct haircuts that we had when we first started recording this podcast. And now both of us, like, we have the same
1: haircut now. Just, like, super short now. And um, today we both curled it. So. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Sorry, same. April, your photographs are going to look the
0: same. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that's funny. Oh, no.
0: We're going to get our photos taken by...
1: Get me in a Facebook
0: profile, <laughs> dude. No, she's making her faces symmetrical on each side. We're gonna look ugly as sin. You gotta go white.
1: <laughs> uh, it's too old I know. I know. i <laughs> told <That's what I'm laughs>
0: her that, and she started laughing so hard. <laughs> okay, bringing it back. My badass woman for this episode is Carrie Brownstein. I have had Carrie in the work since we started this podcast, and I was just waiting for the right episode for her. Um, I, this is a good episode
1: for that, I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: I was really sick earlier this week. I still am a little uh, phlegmy, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I sound so disgusting. I'm so sorry. Also, my asthma is kicking my ass. Um, point being, I watched so much Portlandia <laughs> this amazing. week. And season seven just came out on Netflix, so, like, I have been fucked. cruising. I've been cruising. I love Portlandia. Um, yes. So, Carrie Bronstein is a musician, writer, producer, director, and actress – Um, You might know her from Portlandia Like she is like the woman on Portlandia Fred Armisen
1: There's a woman and a man Fred Armisen and Carrie
0: They're best friends in the entire world Mm. And they have the show together Um, But If you are into punk music
1: Oh yes I know about this
0: she also plays the guitar and does vocals for Slater Kinney, which is like a pretty big deal. <laughs> Slater Kinney is one of like my favorite bands. Um, I love punk music. I feel like I've talked about that before. <laughs> Probably every single episode I talk about that. Um, but so she's in Slater Kinney, um, and they put out an album a couple of years ago. It's very good. <laughs> Um, she also put out a book in 2015 called Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, which is a lyric from one of her, her songs, <laughs> um, which I read two summers ago. It's very good. It's probably, like, the only, like, memoir I've ever read in my life. It's awesome. Um, I highly recommend it. She was born in September 1974 and run in Rendon, Washington. She has a younger sister. Her parents had divorced when she was 14, in her book, she talks a lot about, um, how her mom dealt with mental health issues, and she just kind of, like, left, mm-hmm. um, and so then she was just raised by her dad with her little sister. She started playing guitar when she was 15, and then she went to Olympia, Washington for college, so Olympia, Washington, and Seattle, Washington are, like, very important in, um, the grunge scene, because keep in mind, this is in, like, the 90s now. She's college age, going to Olympia for college, so that's a big deal if she plays the guitar, and so, of course, like, that scene's gonna yeah suck her up. Um, and then she moved to Portland in the early 2000s, so that's oh. where she I know, I really able <laughs> to go to grad school in Portland, um... She moved there in the early 2000s That's where she kind of got the inspiration Or started getting the inspiration for Portlandia um, When she uh, Went to Evergreen St. College In Washington Brownstein met important figures In the Ryan Girl movement Like Kathleen Hanna Who you may know from the band Bikini Kill They have a song called Rebel Girl Which is like Really good it's, Sounds like something we
1: should have made our theme
0: yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll get to it eventually, but it's very good. Listen to it on Spotify if you like girls yelling, it's awesome. <laughs> um, side note about the Riot Girl movement, I just want to talk about that for a hot second because I actually am kind of disappointed in myself that I haven't talked about this yet in the podcast ever. So, if you're not familiar with the Riot Girl movement, it's Riot, but girl with Rs instead of I's. Um, like G R L. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. it's a music and art movement based off of third wave third wave feminism, which is like eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where intersectionality actually became the main focal point. So that's really cool for yes. this podcast. Um anyways So, the Right Girl Movement had chapters and bands, meetings, crafts, um, zines, all sorts of cool things. Women building each other up. They did music and art and rallies that addressed sexual assault, domestic abuse, racism, the patriarchy, empowerment, all that good stuff. So, some of the main bands in this movement, focused out of Washington, are Bikini Kill, Excuse Seventeen, And Hole, and then slater Kenny later. Um, Excuse 17 was Carrie's first band, and then slater Kenny came after. I... Oh, and Hole is, like, Courtney Love's band. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. is like, one of my favorite bands in the world. Um, I encourage everyone unfamiliar with the Rad Girl Movement to research it. Um, It's super awesome. Very interesting. There's a couple... Netflix documentaries about it, about uh, Bikini Kill and Kathleen Hannah. It's really, really awesome, cool to check out. I was really into grunge music when I was young. I still am, but that's where I kind of got my start in music, and so I first started listening to like Nirvana, but then I kind of got to like um, Riot Grrrl music when I was, yeah, like 13, and that's kind of how I got exposed to feminism was like through Riot Grrrl music. So, not to sound like a snob or <laughs> anything. Uh, not to sound like a snob, um, but Rat Girl stuff just comes with kind of being an angsty teen interest in listening to Nirvana, you know? And then later, to hold bikini and Slater Kenny. Kalen, <laughs> I mean, it kind of explains the flannels, but also, like, I'm just greasy. You know? <laughs> and I'm a scientist. Oh, that's true. <laughs> So, like I said, Carrie is in both Excuse 17 and Slater Kinney. She's a big deal in the movement. In 2006, Rolling Stone magazine said she was one of the most underrated guitarists of all time. Oh, wow. I know. she was the, It was 25 um, underrated guitarists, and she was the only woman to earn a spot on it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, that's a big deal. Okay. So... She is openly bisexual and dated her bandmate Corinne Tucker for a few years. Um, Corinne is is also bisexual, and I learned this from the book. She, they she's like the front woman of Slater Kinney. Carrie is the guitarist, right? And they dated, and then their drummer's Janet. But so Corinne and Carrie dated. They broke up, and then Corinne ended up like getting married to a dude and like having a kid. Mm-hmm. And Carrie like writes a lot of songs about like how broken up she was about the breakup with Corinne Aww. but she was actually outed in an interview from Spin Magazine where she like talks about um, so in the book she basically says like um, I did this interview with Spin Magazine um, where I commented about um, Corinne and it got published, and her dad called her and went and said, "The Spin article's out. Um, do you want to let me know what's going on?" What? Yeah, she said the ground was pulled out from underneath her. Her dad did not know that Corinne and her had ever dated, or that she even dated girls. But now she like she's openly. Uh, She's open about her sexual identity, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, one thing when you're, like, out it, you know? Yeah. You can't do it on your own terms. Um, That's for sure. But she also has said, like, in interviews, um, people just, like, no one has... She said that people have never just, like, straight up asked her, like, hey, like, what's your sexual identity? People just always assume, like, I'm this, I'm that, and... She's like, I am cool with just being like hey. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm just bisexual. You can just ask me. It's yeah. okay. Um, so yeah, that it's a bummer that she got outed, but she's very open about that part of, of herself. And so if you're interested in listening to more LGBTQ plus musicians, definitely check out Carrie and look at her other work with um, Portlandia. Watch Portlandia. Uh, That is your thing. It's very weird. Like, Portland is weird. Um, I love Portlandia so much. Um, her relationship with Fred Armisen is super cute because they just, like... Her friendship is... I know. She's, like, they're very, like, intimate, but not, like, sexually. Yeah. Physically. They're just, like, they know, like, everything about each other. It's very sweet. Um... Yeah, she's also been, um, in a few movies, directed a few things, been on, um, SNL doing cameos and stuff, done voices on, like, Archer and stuff, but, <coughs> yeah, excuse me, every, she's pretty, pretty cool, I, I love Carrie Brownstein, she, her music's really awesome, and her uh, her role in the riot Girl movement is so cool and important and I'm also so sad that the last season of Portlandia is like season eight like this next one mm-hmm. so yeah, that's what I have on Carrie nice. uh, yeah, I hope you liked it. I was very yeah. scared that we were gonna have. <laughs> This same person. I thought you were gonna do Carrie too because I figured that you knew the season.
1: No, more, I, didn't I didn't know, know that it was, was out yet.
0: <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, huh. good. Okay. Well, I'm gonna play us out for just like a hot minute, then we can do your badass women of the week. Your hometown badass woman. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Catch you back in like ten seconds. <sighs>
1: All right, so this week's um, Badass Room of the Week comes from my really good friend, Courtney Huskins. Um, she is one of my personal heroes and good, good friends.
0: And she's from your hometown? Yeah, right? she's from
1: my my hometown. So I guess hometown badass woman has a couple connotations. Yeah. Um, Courtney, you're my, my badass woman. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, so she writes, I've been privileged with being surrounded by some seriously incredible women in my life. Oh my I'm putting it back in my mouth Tara just took the gum out of her mouth and put it in her hand and I was going to take it for her <laughs> I'm so sorry Courtney I've been <laughs> I'm so sorry so you Courtney <laughs> I've been privileged with being surrounded by some incredible women, women in my life uh, in their own way each have taught me how to stand on my own how being soft in an incredibly hard world is something worth being proud of And how to be in constant pursuit of transforming myself to be the best I can be. It's kind of amazing to look at the patchwork of myself and see the different pieces of each of these women in my makeup. When Karis asked if I wanted to submit a hometown badass, the first woman that came to my mind was Blair. She's my campus's chaplain, a minister, and a professor. She performs all of these duties with an enviable grace, and she's vulnerable enough to admit that she makes mistakes. Blair challenges me to live my life with extravagant love and overflowing grace. She preaches with a simplicity that is accessible for everyone that sits under her, and she teaches a broad scope of concepts well. I don't know if I've ever been more honored to be in close communication with someone as fierce and as fiery as her.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> I love that is one of the cutest things like I've ever.
1: Courtney seen. is like the most eloquent person. Yeah, that was
0: very eloquent. That was very nice. I hope Blair listens to this and gets to hear those kind words that Courtney said about her. Yeah.
1: Because that's
0: something special.
1: Courtney's sign-off is her, uh, her pronouns as well, which is cute. That's very cute.
0: I love it. Yes, so just a reminder feel free to send us your badass Minute of the week if you can write it as eloquently as <laughs> the bar has been set the bar has been <laughs> or not we just love to hear more about your everyday extraordinary women mm-hmm. and then lastly before we really Bring the podcast Wait, no, I want to
1: plug my social media. close.
0: We're going to plug <laughs> our social media. <laughs> remind you to rate and subscribe and review yes. on iTunes and Google Play. And we'll plug our social media again. And then we'll just
1: give you one last reminder of our sponsor. And then we'll go. Yes. So my social media everywhere is at... Charismatic, so, C-A-R-Y-S-M-A-T-I-C-S.
0: Mine is at straight with an 8 out of flake. Like a frosted flake. <laughs> or like my hometown, Forest Lake, Minnesota. Amazing. Um, if you do want to follow my Instagram, it's just at underscore Kaylee Crogston, And I have upped my Insta-aesthetic. Lately, Ooh. I mean, kind of. My new... What do you mean? You put, well, put boyfriend on? No. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, well, my new bae has such a fire Instagram aesthetic that he, like, posted a picture of us on his Insta. And all of oh, his yeah. buddies started following me. Do I not? Oh, I don't follow him. All of his buddies started following me, and I was like, "Fuck! <laughs> I have to have a good Insta aesthetic if, if I'm dating him." Like, it's just, like he has such a good Insta <laughs> aesthetic, and so I had to up my game. So follow me at underscore Kaylee Crogstead Why is can, he
1: followed by Duluth Campbell Company? <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't know. Sorry. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So follow me if you want to see pics of me, my cat, or me. And my bay drinking beer.
1: Um, and mine's
0: just also just charismatic. So. Yes. yes. And we talk about our podcast on it, too, with Least to our
1: new episodes and all that good stuff. All right. All right. And, again, another reminder that if you <laughs> are in the Duluth area or even just the Minnesota area uh, and you want to book anything with Andy, um, so she's at B North. You can check her out at BNorth.org. Or you can contact her at 218 461 7792. And if you mention this podcast, Badass Woman in History, you get 10% off your first service. With woo, her.
0: woo! Woo! Yeah! She does awesome services.
1: Get those eyelash extensions. And of course, as well, go to organicescape.com. use the code MINDFUL, M I N D F U L, and you get a free deluxe skincare sample with any purchase. Alright. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: We're so happy you're here and you're listening. I hope you have a good um, next couple of weeks. And we'll see you the week after next. Bye. Bye.